All right, Tom, let's get down to business. I spent this weekend, well, I spent a whole bunch of this weekend driving to, but then I spent um, the good part of this weekend at Shelley's Tea Rooms in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Tell the people why you were at Shelley's Tea Rooms. Why would one go for tea two hours away, else? <laughs> Plymouth, Massachusetts. No, sorry. Through, I'm so sorry. I braved sorry, the Taylor sorry. Swift traffic. No, you weren't in Plymouth. You were, okay, forget it. Plymouth is, you braved the Taylor Swift traffic. Mm-hmm. To go to Shelly's TRMs for my sister's um, bridal shower. Who's lovely and who mm-hmm. is marrying a Greek guy. Yes, it was great. Very and classy. Very classy, uh, waspy move. This, uh, to this, do a high tea a bridal high tea. shower. Literally at an English place, right? Right. It's owned by English people. They work there. They run everything. This is very, it's all very British there um and my other sister who planned the event did a bunch of little things i have now have little packets of tea that say love is brewing oh very nice and um yes the like the little place card said said that uh, my sister found her perfect cup of z because her fiance's name let me tell you something i find it very interesting that all the girls in the family including your mom Mm -hmm. Are embracing the British Isles um, cultural. Oh yeah, well they're actually going on their honeymoon to London. Oh right, well here we go. Okay, so, yeah. I see what's happening here, <laughs> which is great. And London is is such a great city. My goodness, I think it's the last time I was out of the country was in London, which, which is actually twenty five years ago now. I think that's true. Yeah, so um, the tea was lovely. I loved the Shelley's Tea Room. Actually, everything was super super cute. They have over a hundred varieties of tea you can choose from when selecting your. So, we did the Windsor tea <laughs> selection, which means that um, it starts with a cup of iced hibiscus tea, and mm-hmm. then um, and then a selection of finger sandwiches. And where then... are we on tea, people? I love tea, but I know you do, so and that's one I of the did... odd things about like rock stars who are English. No matter. Even if they're like eating bats on stage, they all still like have a <laughs> cup of tea afterwards. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's they never shake so, it off. Russians are also very into tea. I mean, like a bunch of European places are, but Russians tend to be very into tea as well. Um, you know, as opposed to the Italians are more coffee people. I think are French people more so coffee what would people? That, would you say? Uh, Although it's more yes. unusual for Russians what to drink this, tea so, with milk, I feel. I think the milk in tea is more an English thing. But the samovar is for coffee, right? Um, I think so, but Russians are very into tea. Um, so anyway, and then the Balkans, which is where my dad's people are all from, they're all, because they were invaded by Turks, they're all Turkish coffee people. So they use a jezva, which is a little, like, hourglass shaped kind of metal pot that you use to make Turkish coffee to condense the grounds into the bottom. Right. That's more, yes, that's more of a, I think that. And then you tell that your indicates fortune. to me that perhaps the, the one's history was more brutal. <laughs> a samovar, so, Russian, uh, is a metal container traditionally used to heat and boil water. Although originating in Russia, the samovar is well known outside of Russia and has spread throughout Russian culture to other parts of Eastern Europe. Yada yada. Since the heated water is typically used to make tea, there you samovars go. Samovars for it's tea. More for tea. Who knew? I didn't know that. Although I know that Russians do drink a lot of tea. Um, but the, like I said, they tend not to do it with milk. That tends to be more mm-hmm. a British thing is the milk in the tea. Um, so 
Where so, was I going uh, with this? There was one more thing. But, oh, so right. the original then of the Samovar say- prior to the 18th century is unknown, but it, it, it was probably influenced by the Byzantine and Central Asian cultures. Oh. But so I wonder if it originally... So Byzantine means it's Roman, basically. Okay. So, uh, you know, I do wonder then, was tea possibly the primary source of hydration for people? I don't know that it was the primary source of hydration. I mean, was anybody drinking? I thought tea was more Eastern in origin. Well, but was anybody drinking water? I, well, we know people drank uh, brewed fermented beer type beverages throughout the ancient world. Right. We, knew, we know people drank wine, typically watered down wine right, okay. all the time. Um, and that's okay. That would yeah, do it. That kills germs. Yeah. You know, so... Um, but yeah, the the I don't know about tea in particular. I feel like tea is more Eastern in origin. But that being said, you know, obviously huge cultural impact in England with the tea. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are over a hundred varieties of tea. I was reading the menu. I learned that uh, green tea and black tea are actually from the same plant, but the leaves are just prepared differently, mm. and all kinds of things. Like I said, over a hundred varieties of brewed loose leaf tea to choose from. I did have a roommate um, back in the day when I had roommates uh, who got very into. Do you remember when there was a Tivana at the Burlington Mall? Yes, I do. And like got super into the Tivana culture of like going and you would buy all the little cans and there's like a million billion types of tea. So this um, Shelly's Tea Rooms does have a million billion types of tea. They also have a million billion types of like finger sandwiches and pastries and like. No, I wouldn't assume that these are. To do, uh, so you showed me a picture. I, I wasn't there, but I wouldn't assume that English pastries are awesome. Okay, so English people, you guys do do tea well, but yeah, uh, I'm sl- like honestly, I could probably, in general, take or leave a scone. <clears throat> right. Um. Although it's kind of, I think of it as sort of like a biscotti thing where you're supposed to dip it in your hot beverage and make it softer. And, and reinvigorate it as well. It's right. a scone and biscotti both, to me, are made to sit out for a while. <laughs> well, right. And I actually... So the the Windsor tea selection came with a, um, both plain and raisin scones, and I actually prefer <laughs> just a plain scone over a raisin scone. Like... This is the this is the rule. Although the pound Tom's cake, Attic. the pound cake was delicious, and there was like a lemon, Hold on. creamy custard thing that oh, was oh, that, also that's delicious. That's obviously a winner. The red lemon creamy custard thing that looks like a bunch of pudding <laughs> is always a winner. Anything <laughs> that looks like that is a winner. But here's my feeling. Okay, there should never, ever, ever, ever be a raisin where a chocolate chip could be. So, ever. I was looking at the Shelley's menu, and they do make blueberry scones and chocolate chip scones as well. As well as a variety there should of never as well ever as a variety a of savory scones. That's, like you know they what? make like a ham and cheese scone and a like traditional English. You know what? You know they talk about the, the English royal family mm-hmm. being um, a, my tiny bit inbred. <laughs> That's where the raisins come from. <laughs> That's the result of that. Do you know that the queen didn't used to allow garlic to be served to them because she didn't like it? I am calling for a sequel to the london blitz because of <laughs> they're that. not how, allowing garlic yes how dare they how dare they what with too that's much, why they're too, better than too us. much joy <laughs> yeah. that is precisely that is that i mean is you're northern, talking to is, a woman who 
roasts garlic in the oven and then just eats it plain out of the dish with a fork. Right, that's so. the Serbian. Yeah, that's <laughs> two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The English, you know, it's a the English uh, I still can't imagine anything uh, outside of the missionary position. The, the, <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> So, but my favorite, favorite, favorite thing about the Chalet's Tea Room, and I did order the jasmine tea as my loose leaf bird tea, which was delicious. Why are you speaking with a lisp when you... I don't have a lisp. When you did, I did order the jasmine tea. That's not... No, I didn't. But my favorite, favorite thing about the Chalet's Tea Room was the clotted cream. Ooh. So, I'm a fan of clotted cream, and this... Tell I people found, what it is, because okay. I didn't know till this okay. morning. Okay. And so, and this is why I find this so interesting, is there's... An entire category of dairy products that are like missing from American life. Okay, that are available everywhere else all over the world that we don't have here. And clotted cream is one of them. And I think it's because we have our all our milk that we buy at the store is homogenized. And we're obsessed with low fat everything for some stupid reason, even though low fat is literally bad for you and mm. will kill you. Um <laughs> Low Care to uh, elucidate <laughs> um, about the low fat or about yeah about dairy the low products. fat since we were no all... well low fat dairy products all have added sugar oh. they have increased sugar content Ooh. to replace the fat so um, anyway so and sugar is what's bad for you not fat but anyway so so but in virtually all countries and places where they have where there's a culture of dairy farming. There's a ton of raw milk just around in the countryside, and there are a million billion of these traditional dairy products that are the best, fattiest part of the milk mm. just on its own. So, you know, things like, um, what's the Italian thing called? Mascarpone? Is that how you pronounce that word? Uh, that like Marzipan? No. Oh. Mask. It's like a. It's kind of like cream cheese. It gets compared to, but it's not like. Okay. It's not like rubbery like cream cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so this is so or, or like creme fraiche, in France they have creme fraiche. In England they have clotted cream. So okay. this is if you take like a non-homogenized milk or a heavy cream and you heat it up and all the good stuff comes to the top in clots and clumps. This is this. It's the fattiest part. So it's like think of like a cross between like whipped cream but with the density of like a unsalted butter oh so and then a lot of times in the u.s clotted cream will get classed as a butter because the fat content and the density is so high but it's more creamier like a like a whipped cream Hmm. like an like a whipped cream even like without the sugar because it's not sugary or salty or anything although in a lot of mascarpone is more of a cheese and so, like in the Balkans, like Serbian people have kaimak, which is also like this. It's this. It's this very, but it's the Serbian kaimak is is cheesier. It tastes like. What would a happen cheese. to the stuff that the milk that's not separated? Um, I don't know. Is that what whey is? That's like more the protein in a liquid. Wow, I don't know. So I I think that's where you get like curds and whey, kind of. Hmm. I. I'm not an expert in dairy. So these are questions we need to get on. Like we need because your people are from Vermont, which is cow country. Oh, yeah. We need to get on like an expert on this from Cabot Kramer because I'm not an expert in this. And I want to understand more about this because I love this. And when I was a kid, we used to get from um, what was then 
uh, not Whole Foods. It was Bread and Circus. Yeah, Bread and, and Circus. And they would have in the glass jars the milk that had the all the fatty stuff in the top. It like for, the fat. If it's not homogenized, the fat all rises to the top. And there's this like layer of essential practically. I have no idea where we went to Bread and Circus mm. when I was a kid, when circus. we lived in Framingham. I don't know. Oh, Framingham. Yeah, I don't know what would have been close to that. I don't know. But okay. we went to one. I know that. Anyway, so, but I feel like every culture where they have, where they do dairy farming has all, has this category of like creamy or cheesy, whatever. I mean, so the Serbian oh, the missionary ones tend position to be- is useful because you can communicate face to face. <laughs> right? Have you been preparing that this whole time while no. I talked about fatty dairy products? <laughs> no, but um, that's right, right? <laughs> I guess so. You could get other business done. I guess so. Like, yeah, um, yeah like affairs of state. If you're the queen of England, exactly. I guess. So In, yeah, exactly. So, so it, so don't discount the English. That's English efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know the- what they used to tell British women about uh, marital relations? No. So much so that it's like a known phrase is just lie back and think of England. Really? Yeah. You know, get it over with. You're doing your duty to your country. But uh, you've not been to England, have you? No, I haven't. So what do you think of? (laughs) Framingham? (laughs) How terrible for you. What a life you have chosen. Um, So anyway, big fan of clotted cream. I want to bring more rich, fatty dairy products into my life. And I do think we should try and get a representative from Cabot or some kind of dairy farming expert to explain to us the difference between all these things and and the curds and whey and the clotted cream and the fat and all these bits and pieces because i do wonder so yeah so the serbian one because the serbian one tends to won't won't know all the fatty dairy terms i wouldn't think so but then again like the person who does what kind of communicator will that person be well i just i have questions that i need to know the answers to so work on that um or maybe we go there and we take the factory tour and we bring a cell phone and pepper them with questions on the factory this is the portland sea dog shakedown template you're thinking (laughs) of Well, I just actually really want to know the answers to all these questions. I want to understand. Let's do it. Okay. We also have a couple dairy farms right around us here, too. I think we can buy raw milk near us. Oh, I'm sure. At some I'm of sure. these farms here in our I'm town sure and everything. Gotta be good for something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm a big fan of clotted cream. Um, maybe they would even know there. They said they make everything from scratch there. That they're not do- even their clotted cream, so maybe they know more about how it works yeah. and the chemistry of the of the milk fat because it's delicious. And I really feel like Americans are missing out on like clotted cream, creme fraiche, Kymac type uh, cheese. Yeah, it's, milk all, it's all pr- all pretty much new to me. I, all the only thing I know just from my own experience is just that heavy cream is next to godliness and it's so close <laughs> to being yeah. if you want to make a cheese sauce it is ridiculously halfway there already with heavy cream oh right gorgeous i also when i first started living on my own like uh discovered that your coffee is better the fattier the milk thing that mm. you add to it like 
I knew people who were like, oh, wow, you can do light cream instead of half and half. And I was like, why stop yeah, at light cream? Yeah. Just go, go for, I mean, unless you're trying to save money, just skip right forward to the heavy cream and put that right in your yeah, coffee. Yeah, I agree. With coffee, it should, should pretty much be all in. It's all about the fat in the coffee. Right. All in or or nothing. If you want to be a black coffee person, I get that too, because you don't want any bloating. You're doing the, the low carb thing, and et cetera. And mm-hmm. like you and I have been doing that. Or had been doing that. Yeah, no. So we add the like stevia liquid drops to the coffee, and I do that. It is more like a tea. I tend to not be a milk and tea person, Mm. um, but I do. um, But I like that, like black coffee with the just the sweeteners in it, and I do it super sweet. I have a little. I have a lot of a sweet tooth actually. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a tea person. Is tea something to do? Or no, it's like a flavored hot beverage. So it's for it's not for your for you being thirsty. No, it's, it's well. For, I guess it, I mean people do drink iced tea, but well, yeah, but that's different. That that's by the way. So I was reading about Starbucks. What percentage hot drinks versus cold drinks do you think Starbucks sells? Uh, two to one, three to one, uh, hot over cold. You would be incorrect. It is exactly the opposite. Seventy-five percent cold drinks. Really? Okay, so that means that means that Starbucks it is means, essentially a Brigham's. Right. It means it that it's our daughter and all her little friends are going and ordering frappuccinos and whatever unicorn right, drinks they, they saw on Instagram and mm. having that. Um, however, lots of, I mean, like iced caramel macchiatos, other stuff. But yeah, like they're obviously not because, and, and we've had this debate before, because in the summertime, you order iced coffee. I'm sorry, we're here. I'm hearing a kid wretched <laughs> wail because he's losing in Roblox. I think, yeah, they're fighting about Roblox. Um, in the summertime, like when we go out for coffee, you order iced coffee because it's like hot weather, so you get a nice. I coffee. get always get iced coffee. It's delicious. It's my favorite, um, it's my favorite joy in the world. Is but to drink I cold differ. Coffee. I like. I don't care if it's 110 degrees out. I order a hot coffee because, um, because I like the warm, hot feeling of the coffee on my throat. Okay. Or the tea. Like, I feel like it wakes me up and it makes my throat feel good. And um, so I always get it hot. And I think that's, like, what goes with a morning thing. Like, iced tea is fine, but it's not, like, drinking tea to me. Like No, it's much better. It, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, no. man, it's been a long time. But those cans of blue and white Lipton iced teas and, and it used to come in the, in the can. In you the, even like the alcoholic, the lover hard iced teas. I don't think the, so. Or Lover I mean, Boy, isn't that what they're called? I would called? never bought it if it was yeah, there. Yeah, you did. No, I did. You have bought Ice it. Tees? I've seen hard, it. I think hard they're tees? called. I think they're called like Lover Boy or something. I don't think so, Allison. I don't. I think you're trying to. to I think so. To out th- me? I'm, I'm not trying to do anything. I thought you had them and you liked them. The Lover I, Boy iced teas. Run this by sure. me before we do a show. <laughs> okay. I don't I'm think so. I'm pretty sure I recall you showing it on the other podcast that you were enjoying it. I'll see if I can find that because I think there's a history of yes, it. Yes. Well, if. I found it from uh, banner ads on Grinder, Alice. Yes, <laughs> it's not true. It's not what I said. But anyway, so but there is a whole bunch of controversy about this because Starbucks does sell seventy five percent ice beverages, and they are changing the shape of their ice. You kidding me? Hold on, um, one second. yeah, one second. <laughs> Hi. Um. Anyway, I'll try and find evidence of this uh, hard iced tea thing because I'm pretty sure that this happened. I'm going to look into it. I don't think I'm just imagining this. Anyway, I'll see if I can find some proof. Um, so 
Anyway, where was I going? To the ice. Starbucks to ice. Starbucks ice. Changing shape. They are switching to, if you're familiar with this concept, something called nugget ice. Um, which is, it's used in hospitals. And it's also it's used. It's little balls. Yeah, it's I'm also used at KFC and my family members having and cancer. Sonic and like people are so obsessed with it at KFC or not KFC. Um, what's the other one? Chick Fil A, right? Chick Fil A and Sonic and places like that that people they bag it and people will actually like buy it from there because people me. like to eat it because it's more chewable. So I guess yeah. they. So this is part of Starbucks wants to save more water because they want to be environmentally conscious. So they um. It's like infused with air into the ice, so it mm. uses less water to make it. Though a bunch of people are saying it melts faster in the drinks. Which makes which sense. Starbucks Although says they've is, is tested it and it doesn't. Had? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Um, pebbles. It's nugget called ice. pebble ice or nugget ice. Yeah. So, but so they're testing it in some stores. They say they've tested it and it doesn't melt faster, but it seems like it probably would. And some people are complaining about it though. Some people love this or they'll call it like chewy ice. And, um, there are people who are like obsessed with it and will go buy it from the Chick-fil-A in a bag. I don't understand how life is that comfortable. But you need the Chick-fil-A. I don't get it. But, um, yeah, so but apparently you need, like, special machines to make it or whatever. Yeah, Soki had a nugget ice machine. Oh, okay, yeah. So some people really, really love it, They're, I guess. Yeah, like, Isomatic is 3000 bucks. Yeah, they're specialized ice machines. They're a lot of money. Yeah, they are. So Starbucks, it's not everywhere yet, but they're working on switching over to this. And, um, yeah, I mean, and people compare it to, like, crushed ice and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... It is... It is delicious. I remember him making me a cocktail. Uh, Stokey is our friend, by the way. Him making me a cocktail um, maybe last year or two years ago. And it's just teeming with this ice. It makes it very exciting and big and cold. Yeah. Um. So I could see it for like some things, but I also don't necessarily... Well, first of all, I'm obviously not an ice person to start with. But a bunch of people were complaining that like Starbucks drinks where they have dairy and stuff in them, that it's like weird to have this ice that like melts more into your drink kind of and waters it down. But because Starbucks uses the kind of square chip ice right. now. Um, the one type of ice that I am kind of intrigued by is I do like when fancy people have like the huge cubes. <clears throat> Yeah. That you put into your, like, cocktail. Like scotch or something. Yeah. yeah. I do think those are kind of cool looking anyway. <laughs> those are kind of cool looking. There might be something a little hard about them, a little jerky. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> and because it, it, like, if it, it, that's for effect, you know, my, yeah. my special kind of bourbon with this one kind of big ice thing. It's, I, and then they have, the like, the round ones that are reusable. Mm-hmm. Too. Or like silicone, or like you the metal, be careful the like metal guy. whiskey cubes, or yeah. whatever. Because, yeah. because unfor- what's going to happen is if you've got a huge square of ice, then obviously there's something that you want to say, you know. <laughs> and oh, God, and then once you started that, so I have to say that my ice takes did generate a lot of controversy. And yeah. so I did ask the question on Twitter the other day, like, if ice is so awesome and it should be in everything, then why don't you guys all drink beer over ice? Which excited a lot of response, where about half the people were telling me there's, like, all kinds of chemical reasons why you absolutely can't put 
uh, ice and beer together that it just doesn't work. It's like the one drink that you can't. And then a bunch of people are telling me that they do drink their beer with ice. Those are called it. non-drinkers. <laughs> but beer drinkers have their minds calibrated. Which they're like, oh, if it's a hot weather and you want something refreshing, then you love the beer over ice and it's like all foamy and cold. Like, just drink water. Like, I don't understand. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you're diluting the whole reason to have beer. You know, you're not... It's be- so you, hydrating. You drink, yeah. yeah. Don't, drink, <laughs> don't drink beer for the taste. Beer... There are beers that taste good if we're only exclusively in the realm of beers that we're talking about. But, like, Hawaiian Punch tastes better than every beer that's ever been made. <laughs> You know, even like right. lemon seltzer tastes better than most beers that have been made. Chocolate milk is better than any beer. Mm-hmm. So beer is opting into t- tasting stuff that tastes like different kinds of tree bark because <laughs> you can get buzzed. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> right, right. Like there's no, there's nobody who's not trying to cut down on booze or a recovering alcoholic who's buying O'Doul's. It's not flying off the shelves. <laughs> 17-year-olds aren't like into O'Doul's because the taste of beer sucks. Right. I uh, Believe me, I am a person who has had some beers in my time, and I and I appreciate them. Um, but for what You it like is, like a Blue Moon <clears throat> type of beer. Right. Exactly. And those are fun in bulk at a bar while watching football. And, that, and that's it with the little orange in them. But that's right. it. But if I like quit drinking, I would not be like, man, I missed the taste of it. Heineken aftertaste, man. I wish I could have that. I was like, it just wouldn't be there. And, and most people know that. I think that's for everybody, right? Although a lot, I mean, people are really into IPAs and stuff. Once again, there's no IPA that tastes good. Um, what's it called? Um, objectively, there's no IPA that tastes good compared to your palate wants <laughs> a whole bunch of other things. As far as a way to get buzzed, an IPA is fine but there's none that taste good you would never cho- i mean you guys know everybody knows you would never choose i i, I base everything on <clears throat> on my take in 1982 was this that i could live off of this is goes into fat kid the, <clears throat> my taste in 1982 i came up with this in parkview apartments in winchester massachusetts at my dad's apartment is that i could live off of <clears throat> Fenway park nachos and chocolate milk and that's all you'd ever need and I stand by that to this day. <laughs> There's nothing as good as chocolate milk and nachos with processed cheese. There's a, there's nothing. And like it, to think that a beer could be in it. No, we could. We're just using the drug with beer. And same with the coffee. If we didn't need to have caffeine, like we, who can? What kind of psycho drinks decaf? Yeah, that I don't really understand. Unless once again, you're like you are in a habit of having coffee, and for comfort, you're drinking the decaf but nobody who doesn't start with regular coffee goes to decaf. right a lot of the stuff to me seems like it's like all behaviors that i would exhibit in recovery (laughs) i'd read more books because i gotta have stuff to do because i'm not getting buzzed you know watching world war ii documentaries anymore and i drink coffee and teas and find them very interesting (laughs) because the truly interesting stuff is now forbidden (laughs) is that also when you do jigsaw puzzles (laughs) <laughs> precisely alice and maybe even like go and bring my um um i'm gonna buy you a sudoku book no yeah that and and what's that called and bring my palette to the park and paint the swans that's another thing you do just start painting and you know these are the kind of busy work it, it creates busy work <laughs> 
<laughs> I actually almost wouldn't. We, you and I, took a break a, a while ago. Uh, I almost started to read a book in bed. I had it in my hands. Wow. And then I think I opted out. But, but it was <laughs> you almost, thought about it. Yeah. Wow. So I have more things that I want to talk about, but and I don't know how we time. are for time. We have about two two minutes here. We, oh, these are more than two minute things to talk about. Uh, well, okay. Do you have a two minute thing? No, you come up with one. Okay. I'll come up with one. Uh, so I'll tease what we're going to talk about for the next uh, for the next okay. episode. How about this? My family this morning, my kids, our kids, mm-hmm. most of your kids, had um, ice cream this morning. And Sally Shattuck, Sally Anderson Shattuck, Esquire, mm-hmm. invented something. And I am so excited by this. So excited about this. So Let me proud just, I'll of just her. give you a hint. That this that this morning, and this will be for the next episode, they had ice cream cones. But Sally innovated something that I think now once once you do this, there's no going back. And that's also another thing we're going to do in the next episode is um, talk about um, talk about hacks, food hacks. Right. And so I, I mentioned to you guys that um, I did learn from Tom Shattuck to put the cheese on the bottom of the hard taco shell because then the meat melts it and holds the taco together so much better. Um, there's a few things like that, food-wise, that Tom Shattuck has taught me that I will take to the grave as um, important Tom Shattuck innovations to the world, which is why, I mean, this podcast is great because now we get to share them with you all, and it's Tom, going to be Tom's legacy is like the cheese and the hard taco, and another one is opening bags of Hold chips. Don't don't give them all away, Alice. I can't, okay. Well, there's a way, a special Tom Shattuck way to open a bag of chips that we'll discuss on the next episode as well. Correct. I also want some more important hacks. We also went to, uh, by the way, for I, I want to give a shout out to DeLeo's in Merrimack, which is a very good place with a family. So we had, I brought my friend and his daughter came, she's nine, and me and my three sons. And then my Alice came and met us and our daughter. So the kids were nice and they were loud. They were running all over the place. To give but- you a little insight into Tom Shattuck's um, spirit. This is the way the conversation went is he's drinking a cocktail at DeLeo's and I go, oh, this is why you like DeLeo's so much is they have a full bar. And he goes, yeah, that's why it's such a great place for a family. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Because <laughs> Tom's definition of a great place for that, a family is, has a full bar. Well, that certainly helps, but that's not it. <laughs> it's also the fact that there's a lot of there's a long corridor corridor full of booth mm-hmm. seats where you can isolate your kids. Yeah, I didn't see loud. you guys when I came in. Yeah, to which meet is fantastic. <laughs> I was like, there's do a, I have the right a big place? Menu. And all the old regulars mm-hmm. at the bar are like looking at me because uh, Sally and I were still dressed for a tea party. They get all the stuff that you want for you know um, jalapeno poppers and all that standard stuff. Good. Okay, so deeper discussion to follow on the. That's right, but I just want to give uh, thanks. Leo's a shout out. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Ready, Allison? Ready, Bishop. Freddy. Uh, how come I it's was not born ready? It's not playing. Is it turned up on the little dial? Sometimes you have it turned down. How do I? How come it wouldn't be playing? I don't know why it wouldn't be playing. Play. No. It's not playing still. Why would it play? <laughs> I don't know. Play. But does anything play? <sighs> no, nothing plays. Nothing plays. Hold on. Why wouldn't anything play? I don't know. Huh. 
That's weird. That's a new one. Okay, so that's in. USB through. That's in. Sorry. Well, uh, you know, we're probably going to speak to the real Alice and Bishop very soon. So imagine her yeah. song right here. See you later.